great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna... What is up, everybody? Happy Friday to you as we are two days away from the Buffalo Bills taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And and things are getting more interesting by the minute, Ryan Talbot. Uh, He is Ryan Talbot. I'm Matt Perino. This is the Shout Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Topps Friendly Markets. And you can enter for a chance to win $1 million right now. Each week, Kings Hawaiian is pitting two city sliders against each other in the ultimate showdown, and you get to help decide the winner. Vote weekly for your favorite regional slider for a chance to win all season long and earn entries towards the $1 million prize. Explore the interactive stadium to play games, get recipes, Share photos and so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone to enter. And Ryan, they uh those Bills, they're playing uh they're hopefully trying to for Bills fans sake, trying to play chess while everybody else is playing checkers because I think nobody really knows what's gonna happen on Sunday. <laughs> No, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I do either, but man, oh man, Matt, and, and I can't wait to hear your opinion on this. It almost felt staged today. Uh, the fact that you see Josh Allen out there right when the media can come in and he spots them and runs off, picks up his brace off the field and runs off into the back. It, it feels like they're definitely playing games with the Vikings. You list them as limited. You, you put them on the injury report. That video surfaces and all of a sudden, maybe the Vikings were saying, OK, 5% chance this guy plays against us. You see and now you see this, though, and it's like, well, now we do have to game plan a little bit for him just in case. And the Bills could even play more mind games tomorrow and elevate a, a guy like Matt Barkley and make him think it's going the other way again. That's the beauty of the NFL, that uh, the fact that you can do all this stuff List him as questionable because he is. He's hour by hour now, according to uh, Sean McDermott. And we really don't know, like you said, what's going to happen on Sunday. Yeah. And I, I think like the the one thing I keep coming back to is what Stefania Bell said earlier this week. And it's like, it could be like a, on a wide range of outcomes based on the injury. Like a lot of people want to talk about the injury that he had uh, his rookie season. And maybe it's not as uh, severe as that one is. And maybe that's why the bills are more likely to give him a chance to play on Sunday. Now, the one piece of this that keeps has having me kind of go back to thinking that he won't play is not practicing on Wednesday and Thursday, like being in the locker room, talking to the guys like Isaiah McKenzie saying, you know, he'd been kind of like a coach on the sideline during the, during the practice portions, the first couple of days, the bills aren't in the habit of letting guys not practice during the week and then putting them in on Sundays. Now that might apply differently to Josh Allen because he's, he's the off, he is the offense, right? Like he, right. he knows this thing, you know, uh, like the back of his hand. And if he, if he can go out there and throw the ball, we don't have any Intel on what it's looked like with him throwing the ball. And obviously by design here, and to your point, even if they call up Matt Barkley tomorrow off of the practice squad, which I think they would probably have to do to keep doing this, like back and forth, back and forth. You could do that four times with Barkley over the course of the season. You could call him up with the idea that Josh Allen is still going to play on Sunday and then just not activate Barkley right. on Sunday. So the the game, the mind games are going to continue and it's going to, it's going to force all the way till the last minute, the Vikings to prepare 
for both players. And they are different players. Like the, the Bills have talked about this week how they're not going to change their offense. And yeah, they're not going to change like the the, the um, you know the skeleton of their offense. But I just think certain plays probably get taken out based on Keenum's skill set. He can get out of the pocket. He can, um, you know, create plays out of structure, but not in the same way that Josh Allen does. So they're going to have to win a little bit differently in this game. They're probably going to have to employ the run game a little bit more. And that affects the game plan for the Minnesota Vikings is why you've seen the, 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 the tiptoe dance all week. Yeah. Uh, Barkley, first of all, great point. You can activate these guys and elevate them and, and you, or I'm sorry, you can elevate them and you don't have to activate them on Sunday. They can be inactive. We've seen that numerous times with different players uh, throughout the last few years with Buffalo. So something I'm anticipating happening uh, when it comes to the game plan. I, I agree completely, Matt, the skeleton can kind of stay the same in terms of what you want to do. You're not going to see though, those design quarterback runs with case Keenum, uh, there was that video that was shared on on social media yesterday where he got tripped up on one of those uh, tackling dummies and almost fell backwards. Didn't have <laughs> the same kind of uh, uh, agility and grace that a Josh Allen has in those scenarios, and it, and it showed on a play like that. So, you know, there's things that you can do. If, if Allen plays and if Keenan plays, I could see their offense being very similar in that I think getting the ball out quickly is going to be part of the game plan no matter what. If it's because of Keenum, it's because he doesn't have that um, the the escapability of a Josh Allen. If it's Josh Allen back there, you don't want him taking hits to that injury. So I, I think that's going to be the same. I think you're going to see more of an emphasis on the run game with Singletary, with James Cook going in and playing a game against his brother. Uh, you're you're going to see some different wrinkles, whether it's Josh Allen or Case Keenum at quarterback on Sunday. Um, I'm looking at the weather report right now uh, for Sunday, and it's calling for a mix of rain, potentially some snow, uh, high of 41, low of 31. So that could also hmm. impact things like, you know, if, if the show, if the elbow is is dinged and, and you're worried about Josh Allen, you know, throwing the ball a lot, that might not be the kind of game where you do throw the ball a lot. You, you might want to like rely on your run game, whether it be him out of structure or Devin Singletary, James Cook. We can talk about that in a little while. The Cook brothers uh, finally meet. This was a game that James said that he circled on the calendar when the, when the schedule first came out. And I, and I think we can, let's talk a little bit about the run game too, because that's something that, that has to be uh, deployed against this Minnesota Vikings team. How are the bills in your estimation poised to bounce back from kind of a lackluster performance in the run game against the Jets because in a lot of ways we're seeing them trust James Cook a little bit more but does that mean that in this game against his brother he's going to get more opportunities in your eyes ah uh, maybe Maybe. I, I guess maybe is the best way. I think you're going to see more, just more of a workload for Devin Singletary first and foremost, Matt, uh, even if Allen plays. I think that this injury, and I don't want to say there's a silver lining to it because anytime your franchise quarterback gets dinged up, that's, there's really nothing good about that. But the one thing that I'm going to say is it's going to force their hand in terms of running the ball more. And, and that's good news for Devin Singletary. And that's good news for James Cook uh, because they did try to get Cook more involved in this offense and, and runs to the outside, letting him use that speed and that burst. So I, I see both being involved, but I see Singletary getting that 12 to 15, at least minimum carries in this game. 
And we saw what that did for this offense against the Packers and against the Chiefs and what it did for Singletary. Uh, Cook himself, I've liked what I've seen from him. He had two really tough runs, I thought, in last week's loss to the Jets where a defender popped him or hit him pretty good and he bounced, uh, stayed on his feet, bounced Mm -hmm. off of it and and kept moving forward. That's what you want to see from a young rookie at this point. Uh, in this season where he was known more as being that pass catcher. What was he going to do as a runner? And then when it comes to the offensive line, last thing I'll, I'll mention about the run game, Spencer Brown looks good, you know, based on the injury report. Uh, Questenberry was dealing with a groin injury, and he's been uh, practicing the last few days. So I think this offensive line is going to be healthier than it's been as well, and that bodes well for Devin Singletary and James Cook. The Minnesota Vikings are giving up uh, 111 yards on the ground per game. One of the best run defenses in the league, probably in that second tier after that, you know, really good group. You know, the 49ers, Titans, Ravens and Rams are, are four of the best teams against the run, allowing less than 100 yards per game. Then it's the Chiefs, the Bills, actually, despite the uh, the last two games, they're still kind of hanging in there. Uh, in the top 10. And then the Vikings are are in the mix there with the Jets and the Jags. So this is a team that, you know, statistically speaking, I mean, if you can run with your running backs, if, Kane, if Case Keenum plays in this game, if you can get upwards of 90, 100 yards in this game, I think you like your chances. That means you're moving the ball. That means you're you're probably getting some things done in the running game. And I also don't think that if Keenum has to play, he's somehow the drop-off is so significant. It, there's a drop-off from Allen to Keenum, but it's not going to be that significant to where I don't think he's going to be able to find a rhythm and find a way to make plays in this offense. Could he go out there and throw three interceptions and the Bills lose by a couple scores? Of course, that's always part of this thing. But the thing to me that stood out about Case on Wednesday was talking about the fact that he's been in every single situation that there is to be in in this league at the quarterback position. He's been a starter. He's been uh, a guy going in a training camp as the third uh, quarterback that had to earn his, his, his place. He had to play in the middle of a game when he was the backup. He was uh, put in as after a guy got hurt, obviously the Sam Bradford injury back in 2017, a lot, you know, gave way to his most successful season of his career. So I think that, you know, he's had time to download this system, get to a place. Ken Dorsey's had time to, you know, learn him as a player as well throughout the spring and the summer. And now they're they're probably going to put in a package that they think can be successful with Keenum. And listen, talking to the, all the guys in the room, and I know they're not going to like, you know, come off of their confidence level at all. I mean, it's just not in their makeup. But there it does seem to be a genuine confidence in what Case Keenum can do as a passer. Yeah, and Larry in the chat, no, Allen is not out for sure. He's listed as questionable on today's uh, injury report. We're just saying in the event that Case Keenum plays, uh, there's confidence in him. And and yeah, I I agree. Again, you're not going to see him throwing the ball almost 70 yards downfield like Allen did on that final offensive play, Uh, but he can throw it around. He can hit those short intermediate routes. He can... Uh, he has a really good receivers to work on. And yes, we've, we've talked about the fact that Gabe Davis has not looked great the past few weeks, that the slot position has been a letdown uh, overall this season, but he still has Stefan Diggs. He still has quality receivers in Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, a rookie like Khalil Shakir, Dawson Knox, and then some running backs that can catch the ball too. So 
there are going to be avenues and, and targets for him to hit in this passing game where they can move the chains. It's not going to be the same offense if he plays, but the one thing that Brandon Bean has done a really good job of these past few seasons is finding a quality backup in the event that something like this happened. You know, Mitch Trubisky, say what you want about him, but he came in this season in Pittsburgh in a game against Tampa Bay and helped lead them to a victory. Maybe he wasn't meant to be a full-time season type of starter, but he can come in in those spot starts and, and do that. And I think Case, Case Keenan can do it too. Uh, to Matt Barkley's credit, early on in his first tenure here with the Bills, he had to get called in and he's he had some success. That to me still is one of the most improbable performances that I've ever witnessed yeah. in pro sports. Like to it come was. in off the street and have that game against the Jets. I still think about that sometimes. That's a while. <laughs> it was. It was quite the performance. Uh, so the Bills, you know, they're, they're going to have a, a plan in place if it is the Case Keenum show on Sunday. And I'm not going to sit here and say that there's no chance, no avenue or path for, path for the Bills to win this game because it's in any given Sunday league. Uh, we saw, I, I mentioned already in Dallas, multiple wins for Cooper Rush. I've seen Andy Dalton win some games this year uh, with the Saints. So backups win in this league and it can happen, even though it's, they're going against a very good Minnesota Vikings team. One of the best teams in town is over at Tops Friendly Markets. And right now, Christmas bonus is going on and tis the season to save on groceries and all of your favorite gifts. Christmas bonus is underway at Tops Friendly Markets, which means shop at Tops and save $10 at all of your other favorite stores and restaurants. With over 25 gift cards to choose from, there's something for everyone on your list. And don't forget to treat yourself to some extra savings too. Save on great gifts like toys and games from GameStop or Toys R Us at Macy's. Great family dining at Applebee's or Buffalo. Full of wild wings, that new big screen TV you want from Best Buy, and so much more just by shopping at Tops. Be Santa's biggest little helper with Christmas bonus from Tops. And for a complete list of available gift card savings, visit topsmarkets.com slash Christmas bonus. On Sunday, Ryan, you mentioned Spencer Brown getting potentially back here. He's got a really good outlook uh, going in to the weekend. He's He's been dealing with that high ankle sprain and uh, had some really good practices this week. You saw him, you know, working. I, I saw him out there working back in uh, with the group. And you look at the challenge that not only Spencer Brown, if he plays or Questenberry and Deion Dawkins face, and it's like, pick your poison, really. I mean, you know, Zadarius Smith is one of the premier pass rushers in the game right now. And listen, I know the sack numbers aren't at, you know, what you'd probably expect from Daniil Hunter, but on the other side, potentially a lot of the time going up against Spencer Brown, it is going to be tough sledding in there. And that to me is the biggest challenge for whoever plays quarterback is how do the bills neutralize this pass rush? Because they've done a good job against certain um, defensive fronts when they've had to really game plan and take a specific player out. But I feel like one of the reasons the jets game was so difficult is because of, you know, uh, production across the line. And I'm not comparing this Minnesota defensive line to that, to these guys, but the more work I've done on them, they just on both ends present a really big problem. Smith in particular, that, that matchup against Dawkins is going to be must see TV. How do you counter that? Well, you counter it with the screen passes, the quick passes. I think this could be a sneaky game where Naheem Hines ends up with uh, four or five receptions minimum. Uh, mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's why they kind of brought him in to be that factor. And I know whether it was, you know, Case Keenum out there on the practice field, they were able to maybe build a little bit of a rapport this week and get an idea of what he can do and do well. If you can hit on one of those, a screen pass or a quick pass where uh, the defense is in the backfield and, and you can get a big hitter there, 
all of a sudden that, that defense that wants to pin its ear, ears back and go after the quarterback kind of has to sit back a little so they don't get hit with another play like that. So, you know, that's Buffalo's best offense possibly is making the Vikings defensive line have to sit back and play a little, maybe feel a little uneasy about we can't attack them because they've already hit us with a big hitter to Hines or maybe it's to James Cook, even Singletary. Singletary has been very good uh, catching the ball these past two seasons when given the opportunity so they can hurt you with their backs. Uh, They can, you know, the the depth of target for Josh Allen the last few weeks has been pretty far downfield. I think you can see them going back to those quick hitters, getting it in Diggs's hands and letting him do the work after the play. Same with Gabe Davis and company. So, that's going to be the the best offense for the Bills, in my opinion, Matt. Let's go to uh, the back seven. Uh, before we do, I saw a comment in there about Spencer Brown. He was full in practice on Thursday and Friday. No designation on the Friday injury report. So all signs point to Spencer Brown returning. You know, you had Dane Jackson on the injury report early in the week. He was limited with a neck injury. He's been full the last two days. Kyer Elam went from limited with the ankle on Wednesday to did not practice the last two days. He's listed as doubtful. You have Tredavious White, who's kind of been in his day-to-day slow crawl over the last couple of weeks, probably has his best chance to return this week. Uh, and now with uh, Kyir Elam banged up, there really probably couldn't be a better time for this, Ryan Tal. But I know that they have a lot of faith in Christian Benford, and I think that if, if they have to go in with Dane and Benford, they'll be uh, fine with that. But this could be the spot to bring, bring back Tredavious White and maybe throw him into that, uh, rotation role with Benford uh, or Jackson, however, which way you want to go. Yeah, you said it. This is a great opportunity. It's a home game. Get that, you know, the crowd will go wild if he is uh, active come Sunday. If, if the 1130 inactives don't have him on it, the crowd's going to get fired up for that. You can have him in the rotation. The Bills have a lot of confidence, as you mentioned, in guys like Christian Benford and Dane Jackson. So he's not going to have to be out there for 70, 80, 90 percent of the snaps. You can ease him back in, which I think is Buffalo's plan of action. Uh, that being said, Matt, you know, let me just quickly say, I think the Bills will miss Kyrie Elam to a certain extent. We haven't had to really talk about him the past few weeks. And and when you're not talking about cornerbacks, it's almost like cornerbacks and offensive linemen. If you're not talking about them, it usually means they're doing a pretty, a fairly good job. And I think he's really come on as, as a rookie this year after obviously a lot of talk early in the year with Benford getting the start over him. Uh, there's one game where he was picked on a lot against the Steelers, but I think he's had quietly a really solid rookie season for Buffalo. Uh, so being down one outside cornerback here, it's going to be a little bit tougher, but potentially bringing back Trey white, it couldn't happen at a better time, uh, with a pretty good, uh, pass catching arsenal that the Vikings have coming into town. Speaking about getting uh, guys back, uh, the Bills will get Matt Milano back on Sunday. And to me, that storyline, I'm surprised that we got 18 minutes into this podcast and it's the first time we're talking about it because I had it in the title before the Josh Allen news broke. And it's it's a huge development because we saw the effect on this defense without Matt Milano. Obviously, Jordan Poyer already being ruled out, along with Greg Rousseau. We'll get to that in a minute. But having Milano against this defense, I mean, you got to get to the ball carrier. And one of the, the guys in this game that things are moving fast, Ryan, we're, you know, we're doing a lot of things this week. Josh Allen watch has been uh, pretty crazy, but I will tell you what I went back before we did this podcast and watched the, the commanders versus the Vikings. I have it up on the screen here, right next to me, uh, finishing it out here. And TJ Hawkinson in his first 
appearance with the Vikings goes in there and has almost 10 catches and was a real threat for them in the passing game. And you, you take Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, obviously a really good wide receiver duo. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment as well. But TJ Hawkinson to me, if, if Milano's not available in this game, one of the best off ball coverage linebackers in, in the NFL I think the Bills are really worried about that particular matchup, and this kind of quells it a little bit. But, man, TJ Hawkinson's a guy to watch in this game. He could have some real success against the Bills. Yeah, I was actually shocked that the Lions traded him in division, a former first-round pick, and it's someone that was a very good player. Just obviously maybe maybe the offense didn't suit him in in, uh, Detroit, but for whatever reason, they felt comfortable putting him in Minnesota. First game, you mentioned it. Nine catches on nine targets, 70 yards. I mean, talk about throwing a guy into the offense immediately and getting an impact out of him. And that's exactly what Hawkinson did on uh, Sunday last week. So he's someone that you have to worry about. Having Matt Milano back in the lineup is going to really help in, in that regard. He's going to really help in terms of the run defense. I know he was in that game against uh, Green Bay at times when they were running on him, but they missed him last week. I, I really think you could have seen a different outcome in that matchup had Matt Milano suited up and played. Uh, in the Encourage Word article, I said Milano and Jordan Poyer, there's your, you know, you can make a case for both of those players being your defensive MVP through the almost midway point of the season. So to get him back is a is a big win for the Bills going into Sunday's matchup against Minnesota. Tremaine Edmonds is listed as questionable. He has now gotten a groin injury that's been added to that heel issue that he's had the last couple of weeks. And that's that's troubling. And I think we got to dive a little bit into what this looks like now, potentially with Milano getting back and no Edmonds, because it's great to get Milano back. You, you we'd like them both there healthy. What do you think the plan will be? Because mm-hmm. Terrell Bernard came out last week and played some Matt Milano, and it did not look great. And I, I know sometimes Sean McDermott likes to, you know, maybe pull things back for rookies when you know they struggle. Uh, and, and you got a guy in Tyrell Dotson. You know, really, you got a you got a couple guys. You know, Tyrell Dotson. I think you could put Tyler Medikavich in that role. I know you rely on him quite a bit on special teams, but you you know. I think Dodson could be the play uh, right there next to uh, uh, Milano. Yeah, Dodson's a no-brainer for me in terms of getting him into the lineup if uh, you're not going to see Edmonds on Sunday. Obviously, Edmonds listed as questionable, still a chance for him. Uh, but I, I feel like Dodson, when he's had to play and, and play in place, especially of Edmonds, has looked the part. He's played pretty well. Uh, a very, you know, I don't want to say no drop off of it. There's, it hasn't been a significant drop off between Edmonds and Dodson and Dodson has shown really good athleticism and speed on the field. So I, I would feel pretty good about the Milano Dodson pairing if that's the way they have to go. And, and I don't want to sit here and write off uh, the, the rookie Bernard, but it was a very rough debut in terms of his mm-hmm. first NFL start. And um, in terms of his skill set, I think he is more of the Matt Milano type of linebacker size speed than than a Edmonds anyways. So going with Dodson and uh, Milano, it's not saying anything about the rookie. It's just simply getting your best pairing out there based on their skill sets. Uh, Edmund, uh, you know, Edmonds hopefully can play, but if not, that doesn't mean that you're not going to see Bernard out there in a reserve role. He'll get some snaps. He'll get some opportunities. But again, kind of ease him into that action. Uh, because the inexperience really did show on Sunday last week against the Jets. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. We got to get into our keys to the game and brought to you 
like every week, uh, it's brought to you by Value Home Centers. And you can get over to Value right now. Check out their weekly ad over at the website. I mean, you can get, you know, they have deals on paint, um, grilling equipment, uh, all the best tools uh, and toys that you can find. Uh, it's all laid out in their weekly ad. Uh, you could join their text program by uh, texting VALUE, V-A-L-U, to 80692. You'll start saving even more by receiving exclusive coupons uh, and weekly deals and so much more. Uh, so our keys to the game, Ryan Talbot, drop it on me. Uh, we, I, some, some unknown here, but what, what is your key to the game? I hope I'm not stealing it from you because we were talking pre-show. So if it is. Oh, you I, are, Ryan. You are. Then you go Then you go first. You oh, go first. Ryan. Tell, no, go ahead. <laughs> All right. Getting after Kirk Cousins is, is the key to the game. And, and Matt, you were mentioning it, you know, watching some of these Vikings games. This offense is not necessarily built in Minnesota to get the ball out quickly, kind of what Zach Wilson and the Jets did against the Bills last week. He holds the ball. He's trying to get the ball to Justin Jefferson down the field, rightfully so, when you have a wide receiver of that ability. Um, and you have Adam Thielen and you have TJ Hawkinson and, and company. So it, it's up to Von Miller and the, the players that are going to have to step up opposite him without Greg Rousseau in this lineup, AJ Appenezza, Boogie Basham, Shaq Lawson, to get after Kirk Cousins, to hit him, to bat some balls up into the air, create some turnover opportunities. If the Bills can do that, get a short, short field here or there, uh, Case Keenum in this Bills offense, or Josh Allen in this Bills offense, not running off Josh Allen yet either, can definitely win this game. Yeah, uh, I'm going to uh, kind of ping pong that with back and forth with you here because we we were talking about this before the show. And I, I just went over to AJ Epines' locker today just to get a kind of a download with him. I haven't caught up with him in a while. Great. First of all, great dude to talk to. Like always super warm and uh you know, insightful. He, he gives, he gives you real, really good stuff. And I asked him about like, you know, now the, the first half of the season, like, what do you think about how, how you've performed so far? And he's like, you know, listen, you know, you always want to be better, but like the way when teams are getting rid of the ball, like he, he mentioned the the stat under two and a half seconds, it's really hard for the front. Like you can win your one-on-one matchup, but if by the time you get there, the ball's gone, it's almost like a failed rep in a lot of ways, but you're doing your job. So teams that tend to hold the ball a little bit longer, I feel like that's where this four-man front has a chance to really make an impact in this game. So I totally agree with you in terms of a key to the game is getting after Kirk Cousins. Watching this game against the Commanders last week, and obviously they don't have Chase Young, but they got some really good dudes on that defensive line. Even still, with the talent that they have, there were some times I had the timer out and he was getting like 3.5 seconds to throw the ball, sit in the pocket, survey the field. You do that with the weapons that he has, including TJ Hawkinson now, it's a death penalty, man. Like it's not going to go well for your team. So I totally agree with you. But I will, um, I also think it's very interesting, uh, a little stat here. Kirk Cousins has been pressured, which means uh, pressures, quarterback hits, and hurries all combined, according to Pro Football Reference, more than any quarterback in the NFL, 85 total uh, through this point of the season. So, yeah, get after the quarterback. But to add another key to the game, because, you know, every every week we got to do two value keys to the game, I am going to say it is time for Gabriel Davis and Dawson Knox, but I'll, I'll put it mostly on Gabriel Davis to step up in this offense, no matter who plays. Josh Allen. Case Keenum, we talked to him yesterday and he was honest. He was, he said, there's some things that he'd love to have back, you know, some plays that, that haven't worked out. And, you know, when he's been good, he's been great in this league. And he has that ability, that big time playmaking ability. It looks like he's kind of been grinding this week. Like, you know, you could just see sometimes when an athlete is in the zone a little bit, he's just looked a little bit 
more um, engaged, a little bit more. Even look after the game last week, he, he looked kind of despondent as he was doing his his post-game press conference. And he's used to having some big games in, in his two and a half years so far. And obviously last week wasn't one of them. So I think one of the keys to the game, especially if Case Keenum plays, is guys like Gabriel Davis stepping up and making plays for their quarterback, whoever that ends up being. Because this could end up being a close game, Ryan. And all of those kinds of plays, they tend to add up over the course of the game and gives you a better chance when you get close. Yeah, no, that, that that's a great point, getting it to Gabe Davis, getting to Dawson Knox. And if I had to flip the coin and give a second key to the game, offensive line has to protect whoever is at quarterback uh, on Sunday. You, you've already mentioned some of the past rushers that Minnesota has, uh, whether it's Case Keenum or Josh Allen, those quarterbacks need to be protected. Obviously, in the case of Keenum, he does not have the uh, athleticism of a Josh Allen. He's not going to be able to uh, roll out the way that Allen is in some of those areas where the pocket collapses somewhat quickly. Uh, and then in the case of Allen, if he is the starting quarterback, you have to protect him. You have to make sure that that injury, there's no chance of that injury getting any worse, Matt. Uh, before we get to our predictions, because we end every uh, preview show with our prediction portion, uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about Stefan Diggs, Justin Jefferson. It's amazing. Yeah. That storyline is really just deflated this week. It's it's something that going when this game came out on the calendar, I mean, Everybody thought it was going to be Stefan Diggs week. And of course, the Josh Allen injury probably changes things to a degree. But even Diggs, when he talked on Wednesday, it's like it made me think about it. He's like, he's a completely different person, of course, player, but person than the guy that arrived in Buffalo a couple of years ago. He's been able to mature. He he said he's getting older and he reads more. And I just think all of the buzz about this first time that he plays his former team. It's gone because of the sense of how much has happened since then, you know, if it had been kind of more of a flat line situation and maybe not as much success, but he's been one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL since 2020. When you have that kind of success in a new place, it's almost like this was meant to be because Justin Jefferson, that is that dude over there in Minnesota. And so it's like both teams, like we've talked about in the past, they they got great new situations, helped uh, especially in the Buffalo side, unlock the quarterback that was already uh, um, that they were developing here in Josh Allen. So all good things, I guess, from both sides of this thing. Yeah, it was a win-win trade. So that kind of deflates the storyline a little bit. It's not like Minnesota went out and drafted some bust or uh, a cornerback that might be matching up against them. They got one of the best wide receivers in the league in Justin Jefferson. So that worked out in, in both parties. The fact that this wasn't a game that was that season after the trade or something like that, I think that factors in. Uh, you said it. Diggs has, has become... He, he's I don't want to say mature because he was always a mature player, but you said, it, he, you know, he, he's someone that's maybe not as uh, upset about the way things ended. He had a lot of great things to say about Minnesota this week and, and the organization, and he's never really bashed any players. He just needed to get out of that organization, become a number one wide receiver. He felt that that, that was not something that was being given to him in Minnesota. And, and that, immediately happened in Buffalo. So there's no real ill will. He's going to be really happy to see some of those guys that uh, are still in the organization that were his teammates back then, obviously Thielen being one of his best friends. Um, so with Allen's injury, with the cook brother angle, uh, th there's just so many layers to this game, Matt, that Minnesota miracle as well with Case Keenum potentially playing. There's just so many storylines that it, it almost did get buried, which seems shocking at this point. Prediction time of the show, Ryan Talbot. And I'm going to go first this week because I always let you go first and people probably think that I just kind of want to put it. I'm going to put it down in my 
phone to see if uh in case we're in the same wavelength again yeah here. and for people that are watching we literally never tell each other what our score prediction is but every week was last week the exact same one same exact score. right and so we got tweets that like responded to our preview story and they're like yeah. uh you guys same do know that you have the same score and they're like yeah yeah that was literally just what our score predictions were um all right i have it typed in i did again i'm sticking with it i put this in at the beginning of the season and i and i waffled a little bit over the course of the week but i think i've arrived back on this no matter who plays i think the final score is going to be buffalo 20 minnesota 17 okay we're we're in the same wave i have the vikings winning this one though 24 17 for the Bills, though. So, I mean, we're in the same ballpark with the score range. Low score. Okay. Okay. Vikings 24, Bills 17. Here's where I think the Vikings are going to struggle in this game. I think that, you know, for a team that can can beat you with the pass, they obviously have Dalvin Cook. They want to run the ball. Um, I don't think they're going to have a lot of success in that department. I think Von Miller probably has had a pretty intense message to the group this week about getting that thing right and not having to answer questions about that on Sunday after the game. And so I think they'll do really good against the run and then force Kirk Cousins into some interceptions. If you can get around Kirk Cousins, hit him, sack him, make him play off balance. That's when I think you're going to really start to find some success, you know, some turnover on downs perhaps. Although one little note, I was going through the, uh, uh, the media book. They don't go for it on fourth down that often. I think they're like something like three for six on the season on fourth down this season. The, the Vikings are three for five, 60%. Teams are converting at 50%, seven for 14 against them this season. And the Bills are also seven for 14 themselves uh, this year. Uh, 40%, 40.4% on third down also. So this is an offense that, listen, they haven't played a lot of tough teams. They have some really good players on both sides of the ball. But I think that they've just been coasting a little bit. And I think this is a game against a pissed off Bills team that's going to find a way to win. And I think this is this is the Sean McDermott. Like if you wanted to kind of put together a list of things to happen leading up to a game to give Sean McDermott the ability to, to jack up his team for a game, this is the perfect opportunity you might be down your starting quarterback you got your ass kicked last week in the trenches on both sides of the ball i mean can you just imagine the meeting rooms this week and the messages that he was sending uh to those guys and and the kind of juice they're going to come out and play with on sunday uh jordan uh phillips was walking around the locker room today with a t-shirt and it said um no i don't like to swear on the show but it just said fuck them and That's what it said in big, bold letters. And so I think that that's kind of the attitude that they're going to bring into Sunday. And so I'm sticking with the Bills. I think they're going to win 20 to 17. uh, And I think it's going to be a very close game. Yeah. And listen to the people in comments saying neither of us think Allen's going to play. I literally think it's a 50-50 coin flip. I just think that if he plays, the Bills are going to come in with a little bit different of a game plan, still focus on running the ball, making sure he limits the hits that he takes. Uh, So I don't see that being (laughs) as high scoring as usual. Yes. Every once in a while, we get a little spicy, Jake. Uh, We got to keep you guys. We like to think of this as a very family friendly show, uh, but sometimes we just got to bring you, you know, the raw uncensored uncensored truth from the locker room now we're not going to bring you uncensored video from the locker room that would be a bad idea and yikes 
Uh, just going to yeah. say that, throw that out there. Listen, it's a da- it, it, it's a real dangerous game that we play in there because you really got to get the shot in tight. I, I do some like cell phone uh, videos sometimes. I, I put one out of Gabe this week, Isaiah. You just have to really be careful. And I know that the, the person that I think was there from two isn't usually there. I've not seen them around a lot at sports things. So that's tough to like knowing the dynamic of the room. If you don't know what we're talking about, I guess just hop over on Twitter. We're not going to get too far. Down. Yeah, we, we had a we had a blood moon this week and a full moon this week. If you've been covering the Bills, so a uh, little, little bit of both uh, full moon coverage here at uh, One Bills Drive. All right, I think that's going to do it. Um, yeah, we're going to end on the moon note. But for all of your <laughs> for all of your game day and tailgating spreads, tops as you covered. Um, <laughs> there, there's a transition. Perfect. Worked out beautifully. Tell us more about those spreads at tops, Matt. Dude, this is off the rails. Okay. <laughs> Can I read this? Do you think? Um, yeah, you got it. The carry out cafe, Ryan Talbot, every, it doesn't even have to be game day, Sunday. It could be any day. Hot to go fresh, large and cheese. $14. $14. Yes. You know it by now. Yeah. The jumbo chicken wing count. 10 count, $14. The legendary breakfast pizza, $20. The taco log, six counts. Pizza logs, two, $7.69. Baby back rib sections, $5.99 a pound. Sub sandwiches, wraps, apps, sides, so much more. Visit topsmarkets.com slash red zone for the complete menu of ready to enjoy fan favorites. I think uh, we'll get out of here on yeah. that note. Yep. And the Bills player could have used a wrap on a few days ago, right? <laughs> have right. a good weekend, everybody. <laughs> Shout, a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.